welcome to the 2.9 Podcast with your host, A.K. The Ref, where episodes drop every Wednesday and Sunday evening. On Wednesday's episodes, we talk about sports and entertainment. On the sports side, we can talk about anything from football to pro wrestling and any sport in between. On the entertainment portion, we can talk about movies, TV shows, and events, and anything entertainment related. On Sunday's episodes, we flip the script and do something a little bit different. We talk about pro wrestling, more specifically, how to get started in pro wrestling and how to navigate the waters in the pro wrestling industry. So if you're interested in getting involved in pro wrestling, or already involved in pro wrestling as it is, Sunday's episodes are for you. With that said, thanks for tuning in. Let's get this show started. Ring the bell. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the 2.9 Podcast with your boy, A.K. The Ref. How is everybody doing? I hope everybody's having a great day. We are here. We are here with the inaugural pilot episode, whatever you want to call it, of the 2.9 Podcast. I'm very excited to get this going, you know. I've always wanted to start a podcast, and I tried some different variations, but this time I was like, I got to find something to settle in on and be specific to talk about, and I finally did it. As you heard in the intro, it explained, we got Wednesdays and Sundays. On Wednesdays, we sports entertainment. On Sundays, we talking about pro wrestling, how to get started. If you're interested in pro wrestling, how to get started, or if you're already in pro wrestling, how to navigate the waters and any tips and suggestions that might help you along your journey. But we're here. You know, I took some time, I had to write it all out, I had to plan it, and now we're here. We are here, baby. And I'm 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 very, very excited to be here. I want to thank everybody that is tuning in. I hope you enjoy. And like I said, on Wednesdays, we talk about sports and entertainment. On the sports side, for today, we are talking about the NFL draft. More specifically, the Chiefs' first three picks in this year's 2023 NFL draft. As well as discussing the AFC West, because those are the teams we do play twice a year. And what they drafted. And maybe some surprise picks like the Detroit Lions taking a running back. And that run of wide receivers that happened from like pick 20 to 24. But we'll all get into that on the sports side. On the entertainment side, we're going to talk about the NFL draft event itself as it was in Kansas City this year. And I did attend the NFL draft as I am from Kansas City. So that's why probably during NFL talk on here, there will be a lot of Chiefs talk. I I will switch it up and talk about other stuff. But right now, we're just going to focus on the Chiefs draft picks for specifically the first three picks in this year's draft but with that with that said let's get this party started the 2023 nfl draft happened back in april april 27th was the first round uh the chiefs i was like i said i'm going to talk about the first three picks i'm not going to go too much detail about all their picks but i feel like you know Especially if it's rounds one, two, and three. Those are important, especially those rounds two and three. And those other middle rounds, like four and five, are are important, too, to try to get some players. But with the Chiefs, I mean, it feels like every pick is important, to be honest. 
You know, they they drafting they out here drafting starters and playmakers out of the seventh round. So, but before we get into the Chiefs, you know, picks one round one, two, and three, I gotta say I wasn't too worried about them drafting a particular position or a particular player. I just wasn't worried. I was like, you know, I think because of how they did so well in the draft last year and how many people they hit on and how many people those rookies contributed to the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl this year, I wasn't really too worried about a particular position, a particular player. Uh, I was just like, to me, to be honest, I was like, I'm, I'm happy with whoever they take. Ever they take at whatever position, to be honest. Even running back. Aside from drafting a quarterback in the first, and I'm talking about their first round pick, pick 31. Like, aside from drafting a quarterback, I'll be like, you want to take a running back, take a running back. You want to take a wide receiver, take a wide receiver. Like, I'm not going to care. Like, I'm like, if uh, if the Robinson kid from Texas was available at 31, I'd be like, take him. Unless some teams offer you a good trade to where you could just trade out the first round and pick up some other draft picks, I'm okay with that too. But like I said, I would have been okay with them trading out, you know, even drafting a running back. Like I said, if a good, if best available player, I would have been fine with too. I had I had no particular of who they should draft or like they need to draft this person. I wasn't really worried about it. I wasn't worried about it. And I know some Chiefs fans were like, we need this, we need that. I'm like, I'm not really. This is the draft. In the first round where you could take a risk on a player because of all the picks you hit on last draft. Because most drafts, you want to try to hit on like three of your picks at least. Bro, they hit on like five of their picks last year. Like that, 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 and then two of them are seven rounders. Two seven rounders? Come on now. That, that's doing work. That's finding, I mean, that's finding diamonds in the rough in the seventh round. You got to give Brett Veach and Andy Reid and the scouting department all the credit in the world for what they did last draft. So this draft, like, they want to take a risk, take a risk. I mean, I had my particular, I was like, I wouldn't mind a wide receiver. Uh, I think my top three position-wise would probably have been uh, probably left tackle, wide receiver, somewhere on the defense, probably defense in. But, like, that was not... Because we lost Orlando Brown, we lost Juju in free agency. So it's like, okay, probably those two are one A, one you know, one A, one B type position, and then defensive end. But uh, let's get to it. You know, with the with the Chiefs' first round pick this year, uh, I kept reading rumors that they were gonna maybe trade up for a wide receiver, and as the draft kept going along before we get into the pick. As the draft draft kept going along, I was like, okay, all these wide receivers are still on the board. I was like, maybe they're going to trade up. Maybe maybe these wide receivers are just dropping. They'll get one of them. So, but then like pick twenty happened. Wide receiver, twenty one, another wide receiver. I was like, okay, Chiefs, you're going to trade up, trade up now. Pick twenty three, twenty two, wide receiver. Pick twenty three, wide receiver. Pick twenty four, wide receiver. I was like, well, all the good wide receivers came off the board, so I highly doubted the Chiefs were trading up. Maybe they just trade out of the first round, but they didn't. We got to it. We got to the pick, and it was K State's pass rusher Felix. I promise. I hope I don't butcher this name. Felix Nduke Uzama. I'm just gonna call him King Philip. King Felix, right? Because now we got King Felix and we got King George 
on the defensive line. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I mean, sports talk in Kansas City was already doing it before me. But uh, I'm 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 happy with the pick. You know, it's a local kid that went to school in Kansas City and went to K State and now playing for the Chiefs. Like, it's an awesome story. But he's also a good player, and put him in this culture with this defense. And this coaching staff and Steve Spagnuolo's defense, it, he's going to be a fine player. You know, I, I saw some pe- Chiefs fans that were like, he's just, he's just uh, he's going to be okay. You, you really don't know. We really don't know how these players are going to turn out when we draft them. When, when any team drafts a player, you really don't know how they're going to turn out. And so it's like you can say they're going to be a bust. You, you don't know that. They're going to be good. You, you really don't know that. You hope. But I feel like in this culture of the Chiefs locker room and the players we have and the coaching staff they have. I I I really like the pick. I think he'll fit in here. Because in college, he in the Big 12, he was one of the most double teamed defensive linemen in the Big 12. He was like almost double teamed every play. And I think that speaks volumes to the type of player he was in college. And every year he improved in college. He got better. And I don't expect that to to stop when he's in the NFL. I expect him to get better every year he's in the NFL. And so I, I really like him. You know, 6'4", 255, you know, he's got a burst off the edge, and I, I really do like it. I, I really like him opposite George Karlofkas. So we got Karlofkas coming in his second season. He started, like, coming on later in the season as he was getting more playing time and started getting those sacks. And that's how I expect it to be with uh, Felix is uh, King Felix's uh, rookie year? I feel like he'll start to get in the rotation, but he might he'll struggle at first. Everybody's gonna struggle at first as a rookie, but then he'll start to come on his own as we progress in the season. And then when we get to the playoffs, that's when he can start setting up. If he doesn't hit like that rookie wall, which I expect him to hit because all rookies hit that rookie wall, but I expect him to grow and get better as the season progresses, just like with any rookie, especially the same way Karlofkis did last season. I expect him to grow, and, you know, I can't expect him to get, like, eight to ten sacks. I mean, if he can pull off five sacks this year like Karlofkis did, then Karlofkis had about five, and he got a lot of them towards the end of the season. But if he can just put some pressure on the quarterback, make some plays here and there, maybe get five sacks this season and help us in the playoffs and help us – go towards another championship, that's all you can ask for for the rookie in, in the season. And then as we get to the next season, you know, second season, third season, you expect them to keep growing and growing and get better and maybe eventually get to that double-digit sack total. So that that's where I'm at. I, I love the pick. I, I like it that he's from the area. He gets to play for his hometown team. He went to K-State. It is a feel-good story. It's a real good story. It's, it's fucking awesome. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the kid. But uh. I think he'll be fine here in Kansas City as a Chiefs with him and Karlofkas and Jones in the middle. I think our defensive line is going to be ferocious this year, and especially if we can add a veteran D lineman. Like, I mean, you know, there's a chance we can bring Frank Clark back this this upcoming season, and I have no problem with that. You know, we bring Clark back, you know, he can rotate over there. I feel like George Karlofkas can be the starter on one side. And then you can have like a rotation of guys on the other side with Felix. And if you bring in a veteran, whoever it may be, and then whoever whoever else you have on the defensive line right now, like Dana and all them, 
and, and get rotation. And that's what they do. They they do a lot of rotation with the defensive line in general. So there were times when they even put Jones out on the outside. And especially in that game against Buffalo. Was it was, did we play? Yeah, it was the game. No, not a game against Buffalo, but the game against Cincinnati. He got that sack. He was on the outside of the Reeds. I believe that. But with that said, I like to pick and I can't wait to see what this defensive line can do this upcoming season. Moving on to our second round pick, we got Rasheed Rice from SMNU University, uh, Southern Methodist University. We got him six foot one, 204 pound wide receiver. Uh, I believe he's another type of one of those not overly big body wide receivers, but more of maybe a possession wide receiver is kind of what Juju was for us last season. But I expect him to come in here and and do his thing. You know, you know, his four years at uh, SMU, he, he had what, 3,000 yards and 25 touchdowns. So I expect him to do good things. And yeah. I I I don't know much about him, but uh, from what I've read and seen, he's a physical wide receiver, and that's what we'll need because the game plan I'm hearing for our wide receiver core is they want Kadarius Tony to be the number one, and that's if he can stay healthy. So you got Kadarius Tony, you got uh to be our quick. Wide receiver, along with Sky Moore, who's also got speed and can be quick. But you need those possession receivers, and that's what Rashid Rice, Rashid Rice can be. He can be that possession receiver that Juju was. So I, I expect him to do come in here and do some good things. You know, that's if he can grasp the offense, which I've heard is hard for wide receivers to do. Maybe that's why Sky Moore last season, early on, wasn't getting a lot of playing time because he couldn't grasp the offense, but. I expect Sky Moore to take a big leap this year. And then if if Tony can stay healthy the whole season, he's going to be dangerous. Dangerous, I tell you. You add him into the mix, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice. You got you got two Rosses on the team, right? Am I, am I mistaken? You got two Ross. You still got Watson. And then you still got Travis Kelsey. And then you still got the running backs out of the backfield because, you know, we just re-signed uh, McKinnon. And now you got... McKinnon, and you got Pacheco, who I expect to be more involved in the passing game. And you still got Clyde on the team. So you, you, you're you set, and you still got your tight ends. Like I said, you got Kelsey, Fortson, and I believe it's Blake Bell. I think you got the four tight ends, right? Bell, you got Fortson, and you got Kelsey, and you got your other tight ends. So you you will be fine. The, you, everybody wants to talk about we need a we need a big time harvest. No, we don't. We didn't. We didn't have one last year. I mean, if you want to call Kelsey your number one passing option, that's good. But we didn't. We didn't really have that deep threat. We we traded for Tony, and I like it. I like. I, oh, Tony was Tony was big, big in the Super Bowl, big in the Super Bowl. I mean, when he's healthy, he watch out, watch. Out. And then we got another receiver from uh from the Giants as well, who's going to come in here and compete. So you there is, there is like an opening for the receiving room to come in and show what you can do. And I expect Rasheed Rice, second-round pick, I expect him to come in here and make plays and do what he has to do. That's if he can grasp the offense. 
So we'll see when training camp starts. We will see how these how the receiver room, you know, kind of lines up. But my thinking, I'm expecting to be Tony Moore, Rashid Rice, maybe Justin Watson, and the other receiver from the Giants that we got in a trade. The other receiver that played with Kadarius Tony, I expect him to be one of the uh, other wide receivers that we keep. So I'm expecting maybe is five wide receivers they will keep this year, and I expect Rashid Rice to be one of them. So I really do like that pick. It was one of your needs. He's a good player, and he's going to come in here, and he's going to do things. Like I said, any player coming in here as a rookie to the Kansas City Chiefs is coming in a good situation. Super Bowl champs, good culture, good coaching, good ownership, good GM. They're going to get you to where you need to be. It's all about you putting in the work. You're gonna come in here. You're gonna work, and you're gonna do the. You're gonna do the thing. You're gonna do the thing. But I'm happy with the pick. Position of need. We need a wide receiver, and I think we got our Juju replacement. Moving on, we have our third round pick of this year's draft. We got Wanye Morris. Wanye Morris, six foot six, three hundred seven pound tackle. Yes, Wanye Morris from Oklahoma. Sounding like I heard it on the radio. Sounding like a R&B singer's name, Wanye Morris. He sounds like a '90s R&B singer name, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm liking the pick. Usually, tackles from Oklahoma are always pretty good, so I'm excited for Wanye Morris to come in here. I'm assuming he's going to be on the right side since we did go into free agency. And get a tackle, which was a, that that was a surprise to everybody when we got uh the tackle in free agency for the Chiefs. We were like that that came out of left field during free agency. Like we were like, what? what? Where did that come from? Like that wasn't on nobody's radar because we still had because we had basically Brown on the team, right? And they couldn't come to a contract ne- negotiation and. They couldn't come to a trade, so they're like, "Oh, you just go on free agency and do what you do. We'll just uh, we'll sign somebody." And that's what it did. Like, like Chiefs are out here making moves. Brett Veach is always out here making moves and doing the thing. Jawan Taylor, they got him. The cost is about sixty million guaranteed over four years, but uh, I I, I like I like getting him so. And then in the draft, we got Wanye Morris, who can go on the right side. And then we also signed another tackle in free agency. So our tackle room is really full, and we're going to see where how this shapes up. But we do we know we have solid middle in our offensive line. We got Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, and Trey Smith in the middle. So however it shapes out on the right and left of the outside. I'm not really too worried about it. You know, if it wants to be Wanya Morris on the left and Jawan Taylor on the right, so be it. I know you might be thinking like we're gonna put a rookie left tackle on on the left. Hey, you got you do what you do, whichever it comes out to. You gotta trust in the process. You gotta trust in these coaches that they know what they're doing and they're gonna put these players in the position to succeed. Because we do have to protect our $500 million quarterback. And so we have three offensive tackles that can compete for the left and right positions. 
And whoever they think the best player is going to be, that's who's going to play. But back to the pick, I do like the pick. He's big. He's tall. Played Oklahoma. He's physical. He's got a, he can play multiple positions, which is always good. So he'll probably, he'll probably be on the, on the right side. But uh, I like the Chiefs always like offensive linemen who are versatile and can play on either side. So however it shapes up, I'm, I'm happy with the pick. And I can't wait to training camp starts to see how this offensive line shapes up because really it's just finding our left and right tackle. Like who's going to start? Who's going to be on the right? Who's going to be on the left? Because we know our inner, we know their inner part of our offensive line, like who's going to be on the left and who's going to be on the right. But overall, I like the picks. If I had to give the draft for the first three picks for the Chiefs this year's draft, I would say, I say I just, I just don't like giving draft grades when the players haven't played yet. Because to me, it makes no sense. It's like, okay, we're giving a draft grade for this these players for this draft class, and they haven't played yet. What's the point? Like, let me let me see them play for like, let me get like a one season draft grade, and then let me get them like a couple season in draft grade. But if if I have to give a draft grade like everybody else does, I I give it an A. Like you, I don't think you reached. You drafted the best players at the positions, and you drafted need. I mean, I'm not saying they were the best players at their positions, but at the time when where they fell, you feel like you got good value. You got players that need. You got positions in need, and you got good players. They're going to come in here and probably get lots of playing time and or start. So what else can you look for? So I'm I'm very happy. With the first three picks in the draft this year for the Chiefs, it was the first, second, and third round. You know, King Felix, you got uh, Rasheed Rice and Wayne Morrison, the R&B group singer from the 90s. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I'm I'm very excited, and I, I can't wait to see what the Chiefs do and how even the rest of their draft class does this year. Because if it's anything like last year's draft, draft class, expect the Chiefs to be back in the Super Bowl. Guaranteed. If they if they are here hitting diamonds in the rough in the sixth and seventh round, who watch out, watch out. Especially the picks in your first three round, and then you hit some in the sixth and seventh round. They're coming coming here and play right away and make a contribution. Expect the Chiefs to be back in the Super Bowl. I expect them to be back there anyway, because you know why they have number fifteen, and they're just putting a great team around him, and it's going to be. Terrible for the other teams that have to face teams when the Chiefs keep drafting like this and not having to spend money on other positions except the quarterback in important positions like wide receiver. We don't have to pay wide receivers. We don't have to pay DBs, even though I do want them to pay Legereus Sneed when the time comes. But that's a whole nother discussion for a whole nother day, you know. But I'm very happy with the Chiefs. First three round picks of this year's draft. With that said, we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we're going to talk about a little bit about the AFC West and their drafts and some surprise draft choices that other teams made. We'll be right back. And we are back here on the 2.9 podcast. I'm your host, AK The Ref. Thank you to everybody for joining me. We are still here on the sports part edition of Wednesday's episode, and we're going to continue on with the 2023 NFL Draft. 
as we move into talking about some of the AFC West and then what they pick and how their draft went. Now, uh, as the Chiefs played the AFC West, in the AFC West, they played the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Las Vegas Raiders, Raiders twice in a season, you know, our rivals. Uh, our rivals. I hate all those teams, but I don't know which team I hate the most. I just hate the Raiders. I don't, you know what? I hate the Raiders. I'm a Raider hater. I hate the Broncos. Uh, and I don't like the Chargers. Growing up, it was mostly the Broncos and Raiders. And at one time, we had the Seattle Seahawks in in the division, and they moved them out. But uh, growing up, it was always the Raiders and Broncos you hated the most. The Chargers, they were just there. It's not like the Chargers have that big of a fan base. It wasn't like you knew Charger fan. You'd be like, most of the, this rivalry comes because we just don't like each other's fans. Like, Bronco fans are annoying. Raider fans are annoying. I don't know any Charger fans. Because every time the Chargers have a home game, there's more Chiefs fans there. Like every time they play the Chiefs in Los Angeles or when they're in San Diego, it is always Chiefs fans there. And that goes for any of their home games, to be honest. But the Chargers are a good team, and then they're always a tough team to play. But in the terms of hatred, it is Broncos, Raiders, 1A, 1B, and then the Chargers a distant second. Because I just don't know any fans of it. I know plenty of Bronco and Raider fans. And they talk so much shit. And they're fucking annoyed. For having done anything. In the last seven years. Since Andy Reid has been here. Chargers. I mean not the Chargers. But they haven't done anything either. The Broncos and the Raiders fans have nothing. Nothing to say. But we're going to get into it. Let, let's just start off with the Broncos. Because they really had knew that many picks because they gave up their first round pick for Russell Wilson, which that's another conversation for another day in terms of should you have made that trade? I'd just say no. If you had Russell Wilson from like three seasons ago, then yeah, but he was on the downhill and they should have never made that trade. And they gave up their whole for this year and next year's first round. So they still don't have a first round pick next year. I'm I'm not, I'm not too sure because I'm not trying to keep up with what they do, but they had they had a second round pick and two third round picks and then a sixth and a seventh rounder. But their second round pick they they got a they got a wide receiver, which can help the Broncos. They 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 need a lot of help. I mean, to be honest, it's it's mostly Russell Wilson and hopefully Sean Payton can come in there and and help. Russell Wilson get back, not to the Russell Wilson old, but just be a competent quarterback that can make plays and and use his feet a little bit and make smart plays and and be the quarterback. And I also think that might have something to do with Russell himself of being from the reports of being maybe more of a team guy and getting involved instead of like hey, you got to contact my 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 manager or my agent to get my phone number. Like what the fuck, bro? No. No, but getting them a wide receiver, Marvin Mims from Oklahoma, is a good pick. And then they had two third round picks. You know, took a linebacker, and they got and they got a DB because you know, I mean, I mean the last like in the last ten years, I mean they've always the Broncos have always had a strong defense. So adding, they are always here's the thing, the Broncos are a tough team. 
They may not they may suck last year, but they also had a good defense. If you go back and look at their games, they didn't score any they they held teams to like 10, 13 points. The problem wasn't their defense, it was their offense. The offense couldn't do anything. If you go back and look at their look at the box scores, the defense was holding them. We struggled. The Chiefs struggled against them. It's not because they're a crappy team. It's like the quarterback was not playing competent football. Their defense was. So that, that that was the problem with the Broncos. It was it wasn't their defense. It was it was a quarterback play. It wasn't necessarily their offense. Literally, their quarterback play was holding them back. Have they had a competent quarterback that can make plays and do what he needed to do? Is the Russell Wilson old? They would have been a more dangerous team if they had a quarterback who could play competent football. But that's here and nearer there. We'll see how the Broncos do this year. But them getting a wide receiver and add some defense and uh, two third-round picks and the first round adding a wide receiver, you know, it, it just it just depends on what Russell does. So I'm not going to say they had a great draft. They didn't have a first-round pick. So it's hard without having a first-round pick. But that's what happens when you want to trade for a quarterback. You, sometimes you got to take a risk. But I wouldn't have made that trade. But let's move on to the Las Vegas Raiders, who they they had a lot of picks this year. Actually, they could have maybe traded up and, and got a quarterback, which they didn't take. They took a edge rusher because they do have Jimmy Garoppolo, which anybody knows Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback, but he can't stay healthy either. And he had his one shot with the with the 49ers to to win a Super Bowl that year and against the Chiefs. And he overthrew that pass. But I hate when people say if he would have made that pass and they would have scored, then they're saying the Chiefs would have won. You know there was like a minute over a minute and like a half left in the game. We still had timeouts. So it was like, right, what are you talking about? We still had Mahomes and the Chiefs offense start was starting to get rolling. So don't act like that touchdown would have finished the game. But the Raiders having Jimmy Garoppolo now, who can't even pass a physical, why not go after a quarterback? Why not go after, like, Anthony Richardson? Why not trade up? You have all these picks. You could have packaged a trade and gone up and jumped over the Colts and traded with Houston's third pick and get Anthony Richardson because... Houston Texans had pick two and three, and they took C.J. Stroud with pick two, and then they took Willie Anderson Jr. with pick three, and then Colts were four. They took Anthony Richardson. You were at, sitting at seven. I'm pretty sure you could have got a deal done with the Houston Texans in their third pick of this year's draft, but you stayed put. You didn't get a quarterback. You're going into the season with Jimmy Caroppolo, who can't even pass his physical. You don't have Derek Carr, so... I don't know what you what the Raiders are looking like this year in their draft class. I who they got Tyree Wilson, edge rusher, second round pick, tight end, Notre Dame, Michael Meyer, who might be their best pick of for their draft class this year. And then round three, they got a D lineman, another round, third round pick. They took a wide receiver, but it doesn't matter. They have no quarterback. I don't care. Jimmy Garoppolo, like I said, he's good, but he can't stay healthy right now. He can't even pass the physical, and you have nobody. You should have traded up and got Anthony Richardson. At least you would have a quarterback. Yeah, Barnett is a rookie who's got a lot of potential. 
He's got a lot of potential. Like you said, like I said earlier, we don't know about these draft picks. They could be bust, they could be not, but he's got a lot of potential. But you you, you chose to go the route you did. And you're going into season with I don't even know if they're getting go like I said, he he hasn't passed the physical yet. What I just read the other day is Jimmy Garoppolo has not passed the physical yet. So I don't know where the Raiders are sitting, but they should have just traded third pick, should have swapped picks. And made a package and tried to get that third pick in this year's draft with the Houston Texans. And then they could have took Anthony Richardson. But, hey, you live and you learn, I guess. But when you need a quarterback, maybe try to try to go out and get one. I get, like, you have your veteran and, like, you have Jimmy Garoppolo. Cool. But what what's the future? Is he your future? Probably not. He's your stopgap guy. You got to go out there and take that risk and get your quarterback. And the Raiders have plenty of picks. They have they had lots of picks. They had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine picks. You could have packaged that first one. You swap with that one. You give them the second. It may be a third and a fourth could get it done, maybe. Or the their second round and two third rounds. And maybe like a six, get it done. Like, yeah, you're losing draft picks. But at the same time, I'm jumping up to maybe take my quarterback of the future. Just like the Chiefs did. You got to jump up. You got to give up. Okay. Look what it look what it did for us. Sometimes you gotta take the leaps and you gotta take that risk and get your quarterback at the future. Not like the Broncos did where you trade you know you traded for an aging quarterback who's on the downhill. If you're gonna make a big splash trade, at least somebody young or a rookie in the draft and take that risk. But uh yeah, I not if I was a Raiders fan, I'd I wouldn't be too excited about this upcoming season, especially the quarterback situation. I, to me, I'm not even worried about the Raiders. So we we gotta move on. The Chargers. I think the Chargers had a pretty good draft. Especially they got they got a wide receiver in Quentin Johnson. They were one of the teams that took one of those wide receivers. And I get it. You gotta you get you have your you have your quarterback. Now it's all about just putting it together, but. As they always say, the Chargers will Chargers. And they've been doing that for years, even when Phillip Rivers was there. But as far as their draft class, you know, they did pretty good. You know, they got they got one of those wide receivers. And when it went on a run from pick 20 to 24 and wide receiver, uh, they got a lot of... They, they, the Chargers have a good team. And you had they have a Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And you're going to add Quentin Johnson to have three receivers. But at the same time... Chargers players don't always stay healthy. So if, you know, Allen and Mike Williams can stay healthy the whole season, you have the new rookie, you know, that could be uh, that could be something to deal with. But we have to see how that plays out. But I do. I did. I, I did want one of the wide receivers. And one of the wide receivers was Quentin Johnson that I did want the Chiefs to take if we were going to take a wide receiver in the first round. And then also got. Darius Davis, who's one of the picks, another wide receiver in round four, who could be a sneak, one of those steel picks that Charger also got. So yeah, that that'd be another fourth wide receiver that Herbert can throw to. And you already have Austin Eckler coming out of the backfield. So I mean, like I said, the Chargers, dangerous team. They got some depth. They added some good players through their draft. Uh, you know, they added an edge rusher in the second round, which you got to have pass rushing in this league. So if I had to go through it, aside from the Chiefs, if I had to grade it like one, two, three, Chargers, 
I guess the Broncos would be two, and then I would put the 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 Raiders last in terms of in terms of like how their draft went. So it'd be Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders in terms of like if I had to put somebody in first at the top who had a better draft, who had the overall better draft, would be the Chargers. And the Broncos, even though they really didn't have no picks, and then the Raiders, because they didn't just they didn't go up and get the quarterback. They had a chance. They had a lot of picks. They could have packaged something together and maybe gone and got Anthony Richardson. Traded the third trade to the third spot in the round, in the first round, and get Anthony Richardson. But they didn't. So we'll see how the AFC West plays out this year. I expect no change. I expect it to be tough against the Broncos. Because when you here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'll get back on the draft and feel the other picks from the other teams. But here's the thing. When you play a rival team, no matter how bad or how good either team is, it is always going to be a tough, close game, especially when you play a team twice every year. And most of the, a lot of those times, it's going to have some of the same people and some of the same coaches, and you're going to know your opponent very well. And that's why... It's always going to be a close, tough game. Anytime we have to play the Broncos, the Raiders, the Chargers, no matter how bad or good they are, I always know it's going to be a tough game. Why? Because it's a rivalry game. And for some reason, it ain't like it was in the 90s, but for some reason, when that rivalry game comes up, it's like, uh, like it's going to be a dogfight. And that's what I expect this year. And I expect it to come down to us having just to win close games against all three teams, to be honest. All three teams. There might be like a blowout in one of the Denver or Raider games, but the Chargers game is going to be close, both games. Denver is going to be one close game, maybe one blowout. Hell, they could both be close. The the Ross Vegas Raider game, I expect one of them to be close and maybe one of them to be kind of pull away, maybe. And there could be other time where one of them, I can see the Chargers, we can go one-on-one against the Chargers this year. Because that's how close they play us. So I expect it. I expect the Chargers to give us a run for our money, but I expect the same results for the Chiefs to take the AFC West. That's how I feel about it. So let, let, let's get into it on some of these other picks. Like there was no like surprises to me during throughout the draft, except Detroit selecting at number twelve, selecting a running back. Like I, I don't know. I like when they select a running back. I'm like, really? Like, he's not even the best running back because uh, Robinson went to the Falcons, and so like you're just you're just basically taking a running back. Why? Like, look, you had like one of the other wide. You had that. You had all four of those top wide receivers there. Why not take one of them for Jared Goff to throw to, and and put him alongside uh, Jamison Williamson? Like, why? You, like, you don't need to take a first round running back. Unless it's somebody special. And I'm Jeremiah Gibbs. I don't know if he's special. You know, Robinson's special from Texas. That's why Atlanta took him. But there's other, I, it's just, you, you don't need to take a running back that high unless he's special. Unless they're really special. But at the same time, you really don't need to take a running back at all in the first round. Because this is not the league no more where you need to take running backs. So like that that pick like when I was at the draft and I saw that pick I was like I just I just chuckled like I really of course of course the Lions take a running back and not even the best one because the best one was already taken by then but like like I said like 
there was nothing that surprised me. I mean, the biggest surprise was how far the wide receivers dropped. And then when it happened, it went from pick 20, 21, 22, 23, and 24. They all took wide receivers. So I was like, what was it? Seattle took the first wide receiver from Ohio State, uh, Jackson Smith. I'm not even going to pronounce his last name because I don't know how to say it. And then I was like, okay. And then the charges came up. Quentin Johnson. Sorry. I was like, okay, Chiefs, you got you gotta you gotta move up. You gotta move up now. Baltimore Ravens, pick 22, Zay Flowers. I'm like, God damn, that's three in a row. And then Minnesota, Jordan Addison. So fuck. What is that? Four in a row? One, two, three, four. And then pick 24, New York Giants. No, no. I'm sorry. They it went from pick 20 to 23. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, damn. And then my other position, I went to mine. Because you gotta look forward towards the future. Would have been a tight end. And I was I was I was high on Dalton Kincaid. And I was like, okay, well, all the wide receivers went. Okay, the Dalton Kincaid is still out there. We Chiefs can get him. Would have what did the Bills do at pick 25? They take Dalton Kincaid. That that to me, that's a good pick for them. Adds them another weapon in the offense they could throw to. Because you know they got uh Diz, they got Davis, and they can still throw out of the backfield. And now you got Dalton Kincaid, another tight end, which oh, if the Chiefs would have got him, you could have put him on the other side of Travis Kelsey and integrate him into the offense. And then maybe that could have been eventually a few years from now, your Travis Kelsey replacement. But right now, Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey, and I don't see him slowing down at all. But I would have loved the Dalton Kincaid signing, Kincaid signing a draft pick if he was there at 31. But that that's a good that's a good pick for Buffalo right there. Uh, I, I like that a lot for them. Uh, and like I said, there was nothing to Cincinnati Bagels got an edge rusher, which is probably good for them because, you know, when they play the Chiefs again in the AFC Championship, it seems like, or anytime we play in the regular season, it's a fucking dogfight. But uh, that that's good for them. Uh, like, like I said, there was nothing too crazy that happened in this year's draft, like I said. I think the craziest thing is that run of wide receivers that went from pick 20, 23, and it's just went one, two, three, four wide receivers off the board. And then the Lions drafting a running back, not the best running back because he was already taken. And the Raiders just staying put and not trying to go up and get, you know, a, a Richardson as their quarterback. But overall, nothing surprised me draft wise in the first round. So uh, I expect. The the top teams in AFC is going to be the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills, and Chargers could be up there. Uh, we can see what the Baltimore Ravens do since now that they have Lamar Jackson on their contract. But we'll see. It's just a matter of if he can stay healthy. You really can't too put too much stock into what Houston or the Colts are doing because they have rookie quarterbacks and they're kind of in that building phase. But probably the top five teams: Chiefs, Bengals. Bills, Chargers, Ravens is my top five. Would be my top five teams. I'm not really gonna. I can't put Tennessee in there just because they don't. They don't have a quarterback. You can't. You're not gonna win a Super Bowl with your running with a running back. And Pittsburgh is still Pittsburgh. Jets. I. I guess we have to see that. To me, the Jets is a wait and see of teams. 
Because, yeah, I know they got Aaron Rodgers, but the last couple of seasons Aaron Rodgers ain't played like Aaron Rodgers. That, to me, is a wait and see. But if I had to put them, I'd put them six. I'd put them six. I'd put the Jets six because they do have Aaron Rodgers. The New England Patriots, no. Uh, you guys, you still got the Dolphins, but Tua, can he stay healthy? I, they they have some they have some weapons down there, but they can Tua stay healthy? That's the question. That's the question. But those are my top five teams. I put the Jets six. I put Miami seven, but that's just a matter of I gotta. To me, the Jets is a wait and see with Aaron Rodgers. But overall, like I said, there's nothing too crazy that happened in this year's draft except for the string of wide receivers and Detroit and the Raiders. That's that's why they'll never go anywhere because they do moves like that, or they do no moves and stay put because they have Jimmy Garoppolo. But other than that, that's what it is. But we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna get to the entertainment portion of things in the draft event itself. Is it worth going to? Stay tuned to find out. And we are back here into the final stretch of. The debut episode of the 2.9 podcast. Thank you for everybody for joining me. I truly do appreciate it. Please spread the word about the 2.9 podcast, which will be here every Wednesday and Sunday evenings for your enjoyment. As we just finished on the sports section of things, we talked a little bit about the 2023 NFL draft. You know, I did a little bit on the AFC West. And the rest of the picks of like what was surprising. But now we're going to move on to the entertainment portion of Wednesday's episode. And like I said, we could talk about anything from TV to movies to events. And that is exactly what we're going to do today. We are going to talk about the 2023 NFL Draft event itself. Now, I must say, prior to to the draft being announced coming here, I was never having thoughts of ever having to go to the draft. Like, it wasn't one of those bucket list events. It wasn't one of those, if, like, a bucket list event that I got to go to this. Like, I, like, it, like, it's Super Bowl. Like, you want to go to the Super Bowl. You want to go to WrestleMania. You want to go to... World Series. You want to go to Game 7 the World Series. You want to go to Game 7 the NBA Finals. You want to go to the Final Four. I mean, you want to go to the Finals or the World Series. Any game, to be honest. You know, you want to go to the Super Bowl. You want to, you want to go to a FIFA World Cup game, right? You know, you got, those are, there, there are sporting events that have bucket lists, right? And in my eyes, I never saw the NFL draft as one of those. Because every year is in New York. You, you watch the draft because it was a big deal. Like they they made the draft a big deal. Like you you you're gonna watch the draft, especially when they changed to having round one on Thursday night as a standalone. But it was always in New York, and it was like I I never really thought like oh, I want to go to New York and go to the draft. That that wasn't really on my list, and it's it wasn't really on my list even when they started having the draft in just recently in different locations. Like, I remember the one year, it's like a few years ago, it was in Nashville and saw how they had a big crowd. I was like, oh, that's cool. That'd be cool to go to if it was in your, in your hometown or whatever. But it wasn't like they had the draft in St. Louis or like Oklahoma or like somewhere that's near, close to here. Like, I'm like, I don't need to drive out there. Like, like I said, it wasn't on my bucket list. It, was, it wasn't like those events. I'm like, I gotta go to the draft. But when it was announced, 
that the draft was going to be here. I was excited because I was like, hey, my city, we getting the draft. Like, let's go. Let's go. We got potential to get the FIFA World Cup, too. I mean, hell, we've had the MLB All-Star game here, which was, that was fucking great. That That's probably one of those other things you'd like to go to, like MLB All-Star Weekend, NBA All-Star Weekend. And then we also had the MLS All-Star Weekend here, too. And that, that attracted a lot of people. I, I I'm still want an NBA All-Star Weekend here. It would be great. Just the NBA team here in general would be great in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes, if you're listening, can we get that NBA team here? I don't need a hockey team here. I want an NBA team here. And please do not tell me. We already have basketball. If you mention KU, that is in Lawrence, Kansas. That is not in Kansas City, so stop it. I want an NBA team here because I want an NBA team. I like the NBA. Like, my team is the Dallas Mavericks. So, But, yeah. But back to it, like, when the draft was announced, I was excited. I was like, we're getting it. We're getting something big. I like it. It really didn't hit me. Until we got closer, like that that February March date, and then when it got closer and it hit me, like, oh, this this event's coming, and then I started realizing, like, everybody's gonna be here. Now I'm not even talking about like just people coming to the draft. I'm talking about like you gonna have all these rookies, all these draft prospects coming here. You gonna have like all the media here. I'm like, you gonna have the people from like. NFL Good Morning Football. You're going to have, like, the draft crew with, like, Adam Schefter, Mel Kuyper. What's the other dude's name? I forget. The other guy that they always go toe-to-toe with uh, with Mel Kuyper. You're going to have all those people, all the draft experts, all the people. I'm like, Ian Rappaport is going to be here. Like, you literally, the commissioner is going to be here. You're going to have everybody here. I just I started thinking that, like, like, two months prior, and I was like, Hold on, this is a big-ass event. And then it really, really hit me. When they started building the stage at Union Station, like if you've ever been to Kansas City, you've seen Union Station. That's one of our places. And then they have the Liberty Memorial on the hill with the big tower, the Liberty Tower Memorial. It's the World War II Memorial. But uh, that that was crazy that they're building. the uh, the, When they started building the stage, because I could see it, I could see it like being built because I had to take my daughter to ballet and the ballet place is right by Union Station. So three days a week I go and I could see the stage being built and it just kept being built. And it was like real big. And I was like, this thing is like coming. And I started getting excited. I was like, yeah, I can't wait till the draft comes here. And I could start seeing like they start talking about it. They show renderings and like how it's going to look like when the stage is done. I was like, this is fucking awesome. I was excited. They're going to have all these activities to do. I was like, I was like, okay, I do want to go to this. So we're, we're going to get into it. So I went to the draft on Thursday and Saturday. I didn't go Friday. Uh, just to be honest, I'll get to that. Like, you, you really don't need to go all three days, but at least go two of the days. And if you're only going to go one day, then you probably want to go night one, which is on Thursday. But let let me get into it. So, I we went. I went Thursday, and my goal was to get there early in the day, because I got off work early, and get there and go just walk around and try to do some activities. So that was that was my plan for Thursday, and and then be able having a spot on the lawn to view the draft. So. 
And I did all my kind of I did all my research to see like, okay, they're gonna have this, this is what you need, this is how you get in and whatnot. It's free to get in. You just have to download the, the NFL one pass app to get in and whatnot and like let's go. So I got there. Traffic wasn't too bad. I got dropped off. Traffic wasn't bad. You know, it was a long walk to get to the entrance because they only had one entrance for like general admission people. Like they had a separate entrance for media people and then they had like another entrance for like pass pass holders if you were like had like vip if they had they had a separate interest for you vip but just to explain like when i got there i walked in i'm by myself i was waiting for my wife to get off work and she worked at right across the street like in walking distance at the hospital it was just right over there and so i got there i'm walking around i'm like god damn it's already crowded here like it didn't open to 12 but i got there like at one there was like tons of people there. I'm like, uh, I don't know what to do. I'm looking on the app. Uh, I'm like, oh, I know there's like player signings coming up. I'm like, I don't know where which one I went. They had like a Chad Heaney coming up like at 1:30 and a Jamal Charles. I was like, I kind of want to go get Jamal Charles, take a picture with Jamal Charles, because you know he was with time with the Chiefs. You know, I was still a, I've been a fan all my life, but I was a bit, I was like, I like Jamal Charles. He's a fucking great running back for the Chiefs. He had some years where he played on some crappy teams. I was like, I'll go meet Jamal Charles. So I'm I'm like, like, at first I was walking around. I was like trying to figure out what to do. And everything had a line. Everything. It's like, uh. I was like, I wasn't kind of, I wasn't really prepared for like all these lines. Like I knew it was going to be crowded, but I was like, oh my God, this is, this is not what I thought it was going to be. So I got in line for Jamal Charles. Like all the activity lines were long. I got in line for Jamal Charles autograph uh, picture. And I'm standing there like stood in there for an hour. Cause they're they're gonna be there for like two hours taking pictures of sign autographs at different locations. I'm in there in line for an hour and I'm like, we barely move like 20 feet. I'm like, this is not gonna happen. I'm just gonna be like, I'm gonna get out of line. But I get out of line because the reason I got out of line, I saw all the Chad Henney line. And I saw that line going down. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna go over there and you no. Know, get Chad Heaney's autograph. So I go over there. I try to get in. And the lady's like scanning because you have to scan if every time you go to a different activity you have to scan the code, your QR code on your app. They have to scan your QR code in the app. I was like, oh. I was like, pulled up. I try to go in there. It's like, we're not letting any more people in. I'm like, there's no line. He still has to sign autographs for like another hour and 20 minutes. Like, what are you talking about? Oh, there's a queue line that you can go stand in. I'm like, what queue line? There's no line. So apparently, earlier when I saw the line for Chad Haney, it didn't look long, but I didn't realize there was another sets of lines for Chad Henning of when they're like, okay, when this line gets shorter, then they're going to bring people from that line over to get his autograph. But there was other people lining up like two hours before for like, I think it was like Trip McDuffie and LeJarrius Sneed line. And it was already like a big long line. I'm like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. Like, I don't, I'm not going to stand in line and do this right now. I just, because I should have stayed in the Jamal Charles line, to be honest. I probably would have got there in time and be able to take a picture with him because he was at the Little Caesars throw and try to get points and win, win a prize, the Little Caesars activity. And so he was doing that with every person that was, that's why it was taking so long. It's just that they weren't taking a picture. They were, they were taking a picture, but they were also playing the game. That's why the Jamal Charles line was taking long. 
but I should have stayed in it. But I saw the line for Chad Henning, got over there, and the lady's like, no, we're not letting more people in. You got to go get in line, and if they can go and see, like, oh, do you want to come get your autograph for Chad Henning, they'll take you out of line. But they had, like, lines already for the other players. I'm like, at this point, I had been there for an hour, and I'm already aggravated. I haven't done anything. I've walked around. I looked at stuff. I mean, the whole setup was cool. But at that moment in time, like, this, I'm not having fun. Then my wife gets over there finally, and we just, like, I'm probably because I was hungry, and I probably didn't prepare myself right, like, in the right mind frame of, like, being really, really crowded and having a lot of lines. But then we walk onto the north side of the lawn where they had some chief stuff. They had a Super Bowl trophy, and I was like, let's go take a picture of one of the Super Bowl trophies because one of the lines is not as long. So we took a picture with the Super Bowl 54 trophy and the Super Bowl 4 trophy. So that day, so yeah, they had all three trophies up there, but the Super Bowl 57, that line was long. I was like, let's get a picture with this one. And then we took a picture of Super Bowl 4's trophy. So that was cool. And then they had like a little Chiefs area. And there, the, there was a lot of people. There wasn't a lot of people there at that time when, when I was there. Like It was like 2, 3 o'clock. But at that time, we were just walking. We were just kind of looking. And then when you get on the north side of the lawn... Yeah, the north side of the lawn, and you can see like the stage and the whole draft setup. And I was like, that fucking thing was amazing. It was like a spectacle to look at. It looked like a fucking WrestleMania entrance, entrance way, like stage type thing. Like, here comes the wrestler gonna walk down the stage. That's how it looked like. Like that, that shit blew my mind. I was like, this is fucking aggressive. Like they built this fucking thing, and they said it was one of the biggest stage that they had at the NFL draft. Like they built that thing, and then. After that, like, we decided we're going to go eat. So we went to P&L. If you can't see, P&L is, like, a spot that's across in downtown for across the street from T-Mobile Center. They were having a free concert that night, and Tech Nine was performing. So we went down there and ate, and then we took the uh, the streetcar back to the uh, draft before it kind of gets started. And so we had to go up to the same entrance before, so... We took the scooters, we rode up the, up the hill, and we had to go around. When we exited, we got to exit by the street level where the stage was. And we went down in that area before we went to P&L and saw the stage and saw where they had all this set up for the ESPN NFL Network. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. Like, this stage is cool. Like, it fucking looked like an amazing... Even when you got closer, it looked fucking amazing. But when you come back in, you got to go to the same entrance all the way up the hill. We took the scooters all the way up there, parked them, and then walked into the entrance. And the draft was about to start. They're on the clock. We went to go. We went and walked down and went to this other area. And there's like, you have to go like around the side of Liberty Memorial and the museum to get over to the North Line. Because they had, you couldn't, that was like the only way to, for the fans to get there. Unless you had like media passes, you can go on the other side. But we we're trying to get there and we're walking and we're going. And I'm like, it's blocked off. Like, they're not letting nobody else over to the north side of the lawn from the south side of the lawn. I'm like, what are we doing? What is going on? Because I, as we're walking there, they're like, they're not letting people over. And I'm like, what do you mean they're not letting people over there? No, 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 no. This is a, this is a, no. So we walk over there. We get over there. They're not letting nobody in. Nobody. And as I'm standing, like, against kind of by this wall, there's other people leaving the north side trying to get out, talking about they're not letting nobody in. 
They're leaving. Well, these people are leaving. In my mind, it's like when people leave, you got to let people in, right? That's how it works. So, but people that were walking, this was probably the most frustrating part of my day in the beginning too, because the lines were long and I was hungry and I didn't know what I was doing. But this was the most second most frustrating part. Like the draft is starting. They're not letting no people in over to the north side of the lawn to view it from the area. I'm not going to stay here on the south side of the lawn and watch it on one of their monitors. And that's not what I came here for. I came to see the actual draft and see the commissioner come out and say these picks. This is why I came here on Thursday night. But, uh, yeah, they weren't letting nobody in. People were leaving, trying to get through. I, people, here's, here's the thing. People that were leaving, they're like, it's crowded. It's, it's really crowded over there. And then they, there are other people saying, like, you can't hear anything. You can't see anything. Well, I was like, in my mind, I was saying, I like, well, I'll be the judge of that. I want to go over here. I didn't, I didn't, I did not come here not to not watch the draft, like I said. But at one point, I started counting. I lost count after five, about 300 people of leaving. Like, I'm pretty sure with, the, I think we were stuck over there in that area when they were letting no people in for like, 15 20 minutes i there had to be at least a thousand people that left because they were saying they were at capacity i'm like you didn't count all these people there's no way they counted all those people at capacity i was like i don't believe you i don't believe you and i was like well there's people leaving and then one guy that was working the drive was trying to say like yeah it's at capacity yeah they could let more people in there but the nfl is running this event and they don't want to get sued if something happens because they're over capacity i was like i get that but at the same time, at least a thousand people have left the, the the north side of the lawn. So now you let let us in, and they weren't doing that. And I was like, "Are they going to start letting people in?" He's like, "Eventually." I'm like, "When?" Over like at least a thousand people have walked by and left. And so I was getting aggravated. At one point, people started shouting, "Let us in! Let us in!" I was like, "Yes, yes, this is a great moment of let us the fuck in, like let us in." God damn, shit. Pardon my language. I'm sorry, but that that portion of the of the draft experience pissed me off. But that like up like right in like at that moment, I'm still not having a great experience. The but the best experience that I had so far that day was the free concert at PNL. It was like Tech Nine performed for like 20 minutes. I was like, that was the greatest part about Thursday up so far. But then eventually the cops. Let, we're letting people in, and we were, like, running. We were like, yes, we're free. And then I was like, oh, it's not that crowded. There's some spots you can go find and get a good view of the of the stage. So went over there, got a couple of beers, found a good spot to see. I was like, okay, now we're just going to sit and watch and watch these teams and get picked and whatnot and, and just wait. So we waited. So, yeah, yeah, I, I can't lie that uh, being there, you know, at that point I was aggravated, but I was like, we're finally over here. Let's get this party started. Let's watch these teams pick. I know my wife was tired because she has to, like, be up, like, at four and get to work by, like, six. So she had been up all day already, and she was tired, and she was like, oh, I want to leave. Let's go home. I was like, I did not come here not to see the Chiefs pick in the first round. Like, if you're going to go to the draft, you want to see your team pick in the first round. And so I was like, no, gut it out, gut it out. So we just stood and watched and watched and watched. And it was like, I, it, was, I, it was a pretty good pace. I, I, maybe if it was about like 10 years ago, picks, that's when like teams had like, what, 20 minutes to pick? 
But it was like, it was a good pace. And I was like, we're almost there. We're almost there. And I was joining. Anytime, like, Cadell came out, he, he got booed. Anytime another player got picked, it'd be like, okay, who are they going to pick? Because it was like, it was like the anticipation, like, okay, who's this team going to pick? Like, you pretty knew, like, the first, how the first two picks were going to go, three picks were going to go. Like, you knew in the first five, but there was always that chance, like, there could be a surprise, there could be a trade. Like, how's this going to go? Like, it was, it was sitting there, it was like, you're watching it, but you get to watch it live. Like, you watch it at home, you have that same type of thoughts, like, it's going to be interesting. Who are they going to pick? Is there going to be a trade? Oh, there's a trade. Oh, there's been a trade. There's been development. But you're actually watching it live and in person. And it's like a different experience. And I would say about by, by that time, like, as the draft was going along, like, I forgot what happened earlier in the day. Like, I was just enjoying the moment. Like, being there, there's all these people here. It was like, it was like a spectacle scene. And it was like, it was great. It was awesome. Like, I, w- I was enjoying every every bit of it at that point. Every bit. And you finally get to the Chiefs pick, and I'm like, yes. Super Bowl champs, hometown, we pick, and I'm here. I get to see this shit live. And my wife was very happy that she stayed to to watch the uh, the end of the draft and see the Chiefs pick. And they came out, Clark Hunt came out with trophy. And, uh, like, before the draft started, uh, Mahomes and Kelsey and them came out. was, like, getting the crowd high. I was like, yeah. And it was like, we're, we're just still celebrating a Super Bowl champion. It was just great. When Clark came out, said that pick, boom, we got King Felix, the pass rusher from K-State coming in here. And I was like, yeah. And then that was concluded the first round. The fireworks went off. I was like, you know what? That was awesome. I, I was going to say, like, right the first half, I wasn't experienced. Didn't have a great experience, but just watching it and being there and seeing it and all the lights and, you know, the commissioner's there. It's like this is an arson. I was like, that was awesome. That that was awesome. I'm a, I must say, like night one was was, was good. It it, it 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 ended on a good note, and I was happy with it. So let let we can move on to. I didn't go to night two. We went out, met up with family, but night, but day three of the draft. That's when I was like, okay, we're gonna take the kids. We're gonna do all these activities and whatnot. So we get there on day three, and then I tell you, it is way less people. There's still a lot of people, but compared to Thursday night, it was packed Thursday. Like it was like packed Thursday. I was like, there's a lot of people here. But Sunday compared, to, and even Friday, which you can see on TV, like Friday and Sunday compared. I mean, Friday and Saturday compared to Thursday, night and day difference with the in terms of how many people were there. Sunday, there's still a lot of people there. There's still lines, but it wasn't as crowded. We get there. I'm like, okay, where should we go first? I think we went to go eat first. And they had a lot of vendors, food-wise. They had a lot to choose from. I had some barbecue. I don't remember what barbecue place I got it from. I think it might have been Jack Stacks, if I'm not mistaken. Had some uh, burnt ends and... uh, why can't I think of the other meat that they always have? Burnt in and the sliced meat. I had a sliced meat. Oh my god, it's beef. Why can't I think of this? Oh god, that's gonna that's gonna bother me. Now hold on, we we can figure this out. We are smart people. I had some burnt ends, and I had some sliced beef. Brisket, brisket. I can't think of that. But yeah, we ate, and then we we're like, okay. It did sign my. I did like they had this one activity with the NFL Play sixty. 
where you can sign your kid up. You could be like, so long as they're like teenager age, like 16, 17, like or younger, you can sign them up and they did like football drills. They did different drills and then they play like a little game and they get a t-shirt. It was cool. So I signed up both of my daughters, only one of them that participated in that activity. But the first activity I, I was really keen and big on doing was the 40 yard dash. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go race the kids. So we get in line, we're standing in line. I see a sign and I don't ever remember reading this pre before the draft started even on the nfl's app or one of the things but they had this thing like they had a fast pass for each activity if you had like nfl plus or nfl credit card you could go get a wristband and i'm reading and i'm like i got nfl plus because i'm a season ticket holder and with season ticket holders they give us nfl plus for free so all you had to do was just go over to the booth at the customer service and prove that you have nfl plus and they give you a wristband. So I went over there and I think it was like, I don't remember what time it was. It was like, what time was it? We got to the drive. We didn't, we didn't get there. So I want to say it was like close to one o'clock. And so I went over there. I was like, this is the place to get a wristband. It's like, I have NFL plus. They're like, yeah, but we're out of wristbands right now. We're giving them again out at, it might've been two o'clock. It was like either they're giving it out one o'clock or two o'clock. They gave out the wristbands every hour. So once they ran out, they give them out every hour. So I was like, I'm already in line. It's almost 2 o'clock. Like, yeah, I think it was 150, about 150-ish. And so I was like, I'm just going to wait here in the six minutes and get a wristband. So they only give out two wristbands per account. And the other person has to be there to get the wristbands. But, like, kids, like, 12 and under don't need the wristbands to use the fast pass. This is, like, if you're older, like a teenage age or older as an adult. So uh, they only gave me one wristband. And the guy's like, hey, come back with, with your wife. And I give her her wristband. I was like, okay. So he gave me the one wristband. I was like, I got the one wristband. Let's go see if we could just use the one wristband to go through the fast pass for the 40-yard dash. So you get a line. We go over here. I'm like, I got I got, I got, I got, the fast pass or whatever they were calling it. I forgot they were calling it. forgot what they were calling it. But I went over there. My wife wasn't running, but me and the kids were going to run. I was like. I got three. I was like, oh, we're going to do this. So we had the one band and we got in to the fast pass. We didn't have to wait in the line. So I was like, yes. So we ran the 40 yard dash. The 40 yard dash was like the most fun. That was like the most popular activity at the NFL draft was the 40 yard dash because you run it. And then at the end, they had like the big fluffy, I don't know what you call them, mats that you could just jump on. So you run and then you just dive on the mat. I, yeah. We ran it the first time. My oldest daughter fell down. I was like, why you fall down? And then I I beat them both times, by the way. We ran it. We ran it like three times, but not in a row, but like after later on. But it was fun, like running the 40-yard dash and then doing a front flip into the, at the end, into the mats was fun. But the 40-yard dash was fun. Like, and then we went and did the field goal kicking, which they have you, you can kick, you can try to kick from one of three distance, like a short, medium, and long. I did a long. I went to kick it. My daughter did one of my daughters did the short. But I did a long one. I went to kick it in the ball. I was like, it's going in. Ball hit the crossbar. I was like, nope, I'm getting back in line. So I had the fast pass. Because you use it multiple times. Like on the event. I was like, I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna get out of here, get back in the short line, and then go. But like all the other events, they had one where you're like throwing a Hail Mary pass. Where there's like a defender there and you're trying to throw it over them into the net. That was a fun one. They had one where you had, like, the draft stage where you get, like, the jersey and number one jersey and you 
hold it up. The one with the, they had all the teams jersey there. You hold it up like you just became the number one draft pick. That was cool. They had another one. They had the little Caesars one with that line was too long and that didn't half fast pass because that was that was one that was sponsored by Little Caesars. They had another one we didn't do. It was where you just throw the ball into the net, like accuracy. They had the uh the vertical jump. We didn't do that one. My old ass cannot jump anymore like that. But they had another one where you use a fast pass. And I was like, okay, we're gonna use it on this because everybody's in line for this one. It was like built and it had like different lockers with all the players, different players' jerseys in it. With like, I don't know what it was, but at the end they had the all fifty six Super Bowl rings from each Super Bowl that you could look at in a glass case. And so the line was really long. So as you're moving to the line, they had like a locker set up for each team. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And they had always had like one uh, in one of the cases, they had like a sparkly helmet and then had the locker. They had like the deodorant and what it would look like in their locker, like deodorant, shampoo, their cleats, their jersey, their practice jersey, all this, their game jersey. And it was like, that was to like pass time. But we went, I was like, to me, this, I don't know what. The activity was, but it was one of the probably the worst one there because in terms of like you're just waiting in line to get to the end to see the Super Bowl rings. So I was like, I want to see what all fifty six Super Bowl rings look like. Like I want to see what Super Bowl four ring looks like. Super Bowl one, two, you know, eight, nine, like. And so you're just zigzagging through this line, and you got to stay in line. It's like just moving slow. I'm like, yeah, I need to come up with a better system. Like, it would be better if you just put the Super Bowl ring, like, one here, one there, one there, and then you zigzag the line, you look at the Super Bowl ring. But they had them all at the end in this, like, in glass case that's circular, and you take this little magnifying glass, and you look at one, then you move to the next one, but then it just goes around. I'm like, this, to me, this doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, I'm like, I don't want to stand in this line no more. I don't even see the Super Bowl rings. I'm not that hard up to stand. So we just, we just cut out of the line to me. If the draft comes to your town and that is there, if you're not the first one in line, like, it's pointless, to be honest. And they also had, like, the, they had the Hall of Fame statues of former Chiefs players. They also had the uh, Walter Payton Trophy, Man of the Year Trophy. I took a picture of that. Took a picture of the... Uh, Hall of Fame statue faces from the Chiefs players. So I was like, yeah. They also had another one, which was uh, they had the Panani card company there, where I guess you could stand in line and go in there and take your picture and it prints out your own football card, which that line was long. And I was like, I didn't have the fast pass either, but so be it. But the other, like the field goal kicking, the throwing the football, Hail Mary, the 40-yard dash or the three big ones. They also had the one, the accuracy. Didn't do that one, but NFL play 60. My daughter did. That was cool. She got a shirt. She got to go out there, and they got the run. They got the uh, throw passes, catch passes, run obstacle courses, like if they were like a running back making cuts. And they also got to tackle a dummy, which was cool to watch. But, yeah, and then they played like an actual, like, this is, it wasn't real. It was like a two-hand touch game. They split them up into teams and play like on a short part of the field because they're in their age group. But it was it was a fun time. And then, like I said, on the other side of the on the north line, they had the three Super Bowl trophies. And Saturday, we took a picture with. We got to use the fast pass and not stand in the long line. I was like, I want to 
picture with Super Bowl 57 trophy. So we used the fast pass, didn't have to wait that long, got right up there and took a picture with the Super Bowl trophy of 57. So we, me and my wife had a picture with all three trophies. And then me and my wife and kids had a picture with Super Bowl 57 trophy. So I was like, that's a successful day. And then uh, we didn't really do any of the Chiefs activities because they always had the picture there with like the big Chiefs letter in which we took a picture there before. But then we just went down to the stage area which was easier access to get to this time compared to Thursday. And we watched the rest of the draft from there. And I tell you, being down there on the the level down there with stage, like you could see the stage and it's like, oh, this, when you like look up inside of it, like it was fucking amazing. And just watching the draft and different people coming out and saying different picks. It was just amazing being in that, in that atmosphere. Like when you're down there, you like, you hear the music, the one guy, the host coming out and like the host is coming out and like giving away prizes and, and whatnot. I was like, this is fucking awesome. Like this, this is the spot to be. And I also heard they were trying to find seat fillers too. So they had people randomly going around and like down in the lower area, not on the hill, but looking for people. Hey, you want to come seat fill? Also heard they were taking random people that weren't even fans of teams and be like, hey, can you? put on this jersey for, like, the Cowboys and stand in as a fan. I mean, if they would have asked me to do that and being up close, I would have done it. I would have done it. I would have put on the Cowboys jersey. I would put on any jersey. If you got me closer and being in that stage and I could stay here for the rest of the draft, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll gladly be a seat filler. Put me in another jersey. I'll gladly do it. Why not? It would have been fun. But just being down there in that area and kind of being in there and, like, I could actually, like, see the stage and listen to the vibe, like, it was a good vibe, it was a good time, I was like, this is awesome, and just waiting until, like, it was officially, officially over, and stayed to the final pick, mystery relevant, but there was one great moment, I don't know what team it was, I think it might have been Cincinnati, I'm not sure, but this is when they had, like, a fan come out and, of the team, and do the, uh, say, the pick, this this man came out, started saying his team's name and saying how good they were. Whole crowd just booed him. Like, it was loud boos. Because mostly at that time, it's still mostly all Chiefs fans there. Like, Thursday night is when, like, other teams' fans were there. And it was, like, a mixture. But, like, Friday and Saturday, it was mostly Chiefs fans. And this guy just got booed mercilessly. And you, he got booed so loud. Like, I don't know how it sounded on, I don't. Think it was on TV, like they were like showing who's saying the pick, like they did Thursday night. But you could not hear him say the pick in the player's name. You can say say you could not hear this man say the player's name. That's how loudly he was getting booed. That the boo was louder than the speakers. I was like, this man just messed up this guy's chance to get this player's name said because he wanted to come out here and start talking mess about how good his team is and how they're gonna win. And this man just got booed mercifully, really loudly. It was that was a great moment. That that was a great moment. Like Sunday, like Saturday. I keep saying Sunday, but Saturday was a great moment. Great, great moment. Saturday was a fun day. Once you got the fast pass. Once I realized that happened. If I would have had that on Thursday, it might have might have been a little bit different. But it was just a lot of people Thursday. But Saturday, Saturday, when I found out the fast pass thing existed. It made the whole experience so much enjoyable. 
So I would say if you go to the draft, that's probably going to be the same. You got the NFL Plus or you got an NFL credit card. Yeah, get that fast pass because that is a game changer. And you can get it like every day. Like you got to go and get it different each day because I think they change out the, the wristbands differently. But yeah, Saturday. Saturday was fun. Uh, I had a great time. My family had a great time on Saturday. Thursday was great. I mean, it, towards the end, it was great. I will say this about the draft. Like I said in the beginning, it wasn't one of those events to where it was like, I need to go to this. Like when it was in like New York, even when it started traveling, until it came to my city, it became one of those. This is once I actually went and experienced it, I was like, this is a once in a lifetime event. And that part hits true even on day one in the first round when you get to see your team draft somebody in the first round live and in person, not on TV, and in person. It makes that like, damn, this, and you think about it, this is a one-in-a-lifetime type of experience. And it is. Because all those same type of activities they had on the, on the, they had up in the, on the hill, on the south side of the hill, is the same type of activities they have like during Super Bowl week. So I'm like, this is this is how like it would be like at the Super Bowl, like doing all these activities and going around and doing all this stuff, like. But yeah, the draft. It here's what I say: if it comes to your city, go. I say if it's close to your city, go. If it comes to your city, go, go, go for the whole weekend. You ain't gotta go all three days, but just be in the city for the whole weekend. Definitely, night one, round one is a must. You can go either Friday or Saturday for the second day. You don't have to go all three days. But night one is a must. I would say go night one and day night one, day three, because the other part of the draft is like in the daytime. But go day one and day three would be mine. But if you're going to go, you're going to go. You're absolutely just going to go one day. You go to Thursday night. Get there early. And if you want, if you're not interested in doing activities and you just want to be there for the draft experience itself, get there early and get a spot close to the stage and just, just stay there throughout the whole day and have that spot. But I'd say go day day one just to see the draft and experience it live and then like day two or three to go do all the other activities. But it is an event I would recommend you going to. I I enjoyed it. And if it ever came back to Kansas City again, I'd go. Oh, yeah. I'd go again. I'd be like, yeah, let's go. Let's go have a ball. And this time I all go all three days. I know it's expected this time, but it is one of those events that you should go to. And I'm glad I could just share some light on it. And, and for people that haven't been or are wanting to go, you know, go prepared. Find out if they have those fast pass. Get there early, especially on night one, day one. Get there early. On day two and three, you don't have to get there as early. Just enjoy the activities and experience, and 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 that's that. But yeah, the NFL draft is an event I would definitely go to if it's in your city or near your city. Go support your team. It was, it was great. It was great seeing different fans from other teams and seeing some wild, wild like not wild fans, but like wild gear that fans were wearing. Like the whole get up, like. Psh. Like shout outs to y'all to the fans that wear like the big hats and just go balls to the wall. And those those fans, they're not. I'm not saying they're better than other fans, but they're diehard. They're super fans. That's why they call them super fans. I guess the super fans. Not 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 cheese. Not cheese the holic. We're not talking about not 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 X Factor for the Chiefs, but 
real good people that are super fans when they dress up in the whole gimmick, as I say in pro wrestling, you know, as they say in pro wrestling, the gimmick. Those type of fans. They 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 work the gimmick and they they stay true to it. But that's all I have for today. I like to thank everybody for joining me through this. I hope you enjoyed today's episodes. Uh I mean not today's episodes, but today's topics and episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. Uh please let me know. If you have any feedback, just email me. Uh Adam.Kennedy85 at gmail.com. That's the email we're using right now. As we get later and deeper into this, the show will have its own email. But you can also follow me on Twitter, AK the Ref, Instagram, AK dot the dot ref. If you have any questions, comments, please feel free. Shoot them. DM me. Email me. I'm all here. I want to get this better. I want to get it right. Let's do it. Thank you for joining me. With that said, I will see you Sunday. Until next time, peace.